Likuti Sichais, Chelik Yudches, Volume 18, the fifth Sicha for Parshas Nasai. This Sicha, the Rebbe will explain several Rashis uh, pertaining to the inaugurative offerings of the Nisim, the leaders of the tribes. Now, this is not going to be your, quote, typical Rashi Sicha, or, you know, the conventional Rashi Sicha that goes into the nitty-gritty back and forth of a specific Rashi or two. Rather, it's going to combine several Rashis in several verses that and bring up, give us a clear picture as to what really is going on here. Now, I would strongly recommend, strongly encourage you to review the Rashi's insight, to be more familiar with them, and that is from Perik Zayim, chapter 7, Psukim Yutes through Chavgimel, the verses 19 through 23. Just as an introduction, something to be familiar with, um, the various, the four uh, groups, so to speak, that exist in the world, Doimeim, Tzaymeach, Chai, and Medaber. But more specifically, we're going to focus on Doimem Semeachai, which is Doimem is the inanimate, the mineral life, as they call it. Semeach is what we say the plant life, the green greenery, things that grow. And Chai is the living life, which is animals and so on. So let's get into the Rashi. In chapter 7, verse 19 and on, the Rebbe says, Rashi, and as he specifically points out at the end, he says, founded and based on the teachings of Ramosha the Darshan, he explains one Rashi after another, one verse after another, how all these numbers hint, allude, correspond to very specific um, and significant uh, happenings, significant events and facts in history of the past and of the current, meaning of the present, as this is unfolding, the Korbanis and the sea. For example, he starts with the silver ball, Karas Kesev, and he says that if you equal up, you add up the, the numerical value of the letters of Karas Kesev, you come out with 930, which corresponds to the age of Adam Arisha and the amount of years he lived. Then he goes to Mizrak Echad Kesev, which is one silver sprinkling uh, basin, basin, which again, he says, adds up to the number 520, which this alludes to the age that Noach was when he began, he said, to Lahami Toldois, to begin to raise a family, again to have children. Then he has the Kaf Achas, the one spoon. So he says the one spoon, this refers to the Torah, which was given from the one, the hand of the one, meaning the hand from Hashem. And then, when it comes to Parechot, Ayelechot, Kebesechot, why the young bullock, why the young ram, and the young lamb, why these three different type of animals? So he says this corresponds to the three Avois. And he got, goes on to explain in detail how each one, you know, how the par corresponds to Avram Avinu, and so on and so forth. Then he goes to the Sir Izim Lachatos, this young he goat for a sin offering. Well, he says this is to atone for the sale of Yosef Atzadik. And then when it comes to the Zeba Hashlamim for the peace offering, uh, he says, Bokar Shnaim, why is it two cattle? He says, Well, this is corresponding to Moshe Aaron. And then when it comes to the Elim Atudim and Kvasim, which is the rams, 
the goats and the lambs, which each one it says, Elim Chamisha, each one was five. So he says, the Elim Atudim and Kvasim, this corresponds to the three different types of Jews, Koyenim Levim Yisraelim. And then also he says it corresponds to Torah Nevim Ksuvim, the Tanakh. And then he says the fives, they correspond to the five books of the Torah, the five commandments, which is on one tablet, on one side, and the five commandments, which are on the other side, the other tablet. Now, of course, the obvious question, so to speak, the elephant in the room is, why does Rashi even give us all these remazim, all these hints and all these allusions, you know, what it alludes to? The fact is, that Rashi always explains only and exclusively Pshuta Shomikra. Well, the answer is from the fact that the Torah did not suffice in just telling us what the first day's offering was, and then commence by saying the second day was this and this Nasi, for this and this representing such and such a tribe, and he brought ditto what the one before him brought, exactly the same. And this kind of kind of could have saved so much time and space just saying. That, you know, how each one, just giving us the order and saying each one brought exactly the same thing. But rather by the fact that the Torah goes and repeats everything in detail, it is clear and obvious that notwithstanding the fact that on the surface they all seem to be the same, but the kavana, the intent, so to speak, the, 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 the esoterics behind it, that was very specific and different from one Nasi to another. And therefore Rashi was left with no choice. And this becomes Pshute Shalmikra where he needs to point it out for us. Now it's true that Rashi only explains the second day. He doesn't go into detail about the other days. And that's because it's true that each and every Nasi had his own protistic, his own personal, so to speak, his own intimate Kavana, but the general Kavana gets more expressed in this one over here once it's been repeated a second time. This was the general Kavana, and then in addition, each Nasi had his own Kavana. So we've explained why Rashi approaches the matter in the first place. However, there's still a lot to be understood. Number one, it's understood, I'm sorry, it's, under, it's obvious that all these Remazim, all these hints, all these things that, that, that are alluded to here are not just random Ramazan that happen to come together. You know, happen just to fall in kind of, in some kind of formation. No, in this formation. Rather, that is very specific. There's a systematic remez over here. In other words, it begins at a certain point and it commences with a certain point. So the question becomes, if that's the case, if you look at the Ramazim, there seems to be something odd. It's not consistent. It's not going consistently from, you know, uh, progressively from the beginning to the commencing point, which is now as they are inaugurating the Mizbeach. How so? Well, it begins with Avram and Noyach, and then it jumps to Kaf Achas, to the one spoon, which Rashi says corresponds, hints to the Torah, which was given by, one, by, by, by Hashem's hand, by one God. Kaf is like a hand. But the question is, right after that, it jumps to, jumps back, so to speak, to the Avais, to the patriarchs, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and then to the sale of Yosef, so it's not in order. Right? So that's, that's, that's one general question. Another question is, he says, Kaf Achas, that what is this one spoon, right? This corresponds to the Torah, which is given from the one hand, from one Kaf, on the palm of Hashem. Then he says, Elim, Atudim, Ukvasim, that the rams, the he goat, the he the he goats, and the and the, and and the, and the lambs, 
These are all reference to the five books of the Torah, to the Torah of Imam Ksuvim. Why do you need to have two separate hints for the very same thing for the Torah? You hinted already in the one spoon, now it gets hinted again much later on in the progression of the of the Ramazim. That's one question. Another question, when you look at the word at the at how Rashi uh, addresses Elim, Atudim, and Kvasim, again, the rams, the Atudim are the, the he goats, and the Kvasim, the lambs. He says like this: he says, Keneget Koenim. Levim Yisrael, this corresponds to the three different types of Jews, Koyanim, Levim Yisrael, and then he continues, and it is connected to Levim Yisrael. He doesn't say it in the form of another uh, Pirush, or perhaps an alternative way of looking at it. He kind of bunches it together and seems to connect it too. So this seems to imply that it is one thing. It's part and parcel. The three types of Jews and the three sections of the Torah, the Tanakh, seem to go together. What, what is the connection between the two? How do they connect? How does one, the same thing, uh, um, Merames, how does it hint to these two different things? Another question. Rashi um, mentions the Chamishe Chum Torah in in the, the five books of the Torah when he took the, when he when he addresses the fives why five it is five of that five of that first he addresses the Chamishe Chum Torah the five books of the Torah and only afterwards does he mention the five commandments that are on one tablet and the five commandments on the other tablet well it seems to be out of order first you you would mention the five commandments on the first tablet, the five commandments on the second tablet, and then the five books of the Torah, which came afterwards, obviously. So this obviously compels us to to, to intimate from Rashi that he's not referring to the actual original Aseris Adibish, which are on the Luchis, but rather he's talking about the commandments as they appear already, after we already have the Chamisha Chum meaning as they appear in the Chamisha Chum in the five books of the Torah. So then what is it? We need to understand. Since we already had a remez, since we already had a hint that includes the entirety of the Torah, why, why is there a need to now specifically point out these Ten Commandments, if, if we're already talking about the Torah as it is, the five books of the Torah, then it's another part of the Torah. It's included in the whole Torah. So to understand, this is only some of the questions that Rebbe points out. To understand over this, says the Rebbe, we have to first address a very general question. What are all these korbanes for? In other words, what were all these offerings all about? So we say, this is Chanukah's HaMizbeach. This is to inaugurate the Mizbeach, the altar. So therefore it's understood that the focus here, the emphasis, has to be uh, the emphasis of the of the of the Karbanis and Asiyim is what is for the purpose of inaugurating the, the the Mizbeach, meaning to bring out the greatness, to bring out the effect of the Mizbeach, to bring out what now has been inaugurated. Now, what is the Mizbeach for? The Mizbeach is to offer actual animal offerings. That is the purpose of the Mizbeach that they're inaugurating right now. So the question is. Why do we begin when we enumerate, when the Torah enumerates and spells out in detail what their inauguration uh, offering was, the inaugurative offering that is? What does the Torah spell out? Karas Kesev, a silver bowl, and a spoon, and, 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 a, and, a, and a sprinkling basin. 
Why does the Torah go into it? Why does the Torah mention that and mention the ketores, the, uh, the, the, the incense, the smelling spices, and mention the meal offering? And only afterwards does it go into the detail and spell out, um, point out the, all the various animals that are being offered. It would seem that first it should mention that. It first has to be, you know, so to speak, express the actual transformation that's taking place over the accomplishment of the Mizbeach, which is in contrast to what was till now. You see, till now, meaning up to the point that this Mizbeach is being inaugurated, there was a concept of offerings that one would bring to Hashem. But these offerings did not have the power of transformation. Okay, they didn't have the power of visual, actual, literal transformation that, 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 that happened only with the inauguration of the Mizbeach. As the Torah will spell out later, that once they put on the Karbonus and the Mizbeach, it says, that a fire came down and consumed everything that was on Mizbeach, transformed it into Kedusha, and they can actually see visually with their, with their physical eyes, they can see how everything is being elevated to Hashem. This did not happen until now. And therefore, in that sense, everything, everything that happened until now, all the offerings that happened until now, were more like on the level of the doimim, the inanimate. It didn't have that life. It didn't have that spiritual life. It didn't have that transformation, which took a physical object and, and, and transformed it into something holy, making it alive, true life. And therefore, says the Rebbe, this is the order. This is the way it was divided. Their offering, their gift, their inaugurative offering for the Mizbeach came in the form of being divided into two categories. First, there were the various vessels. There was dictators. There was the mincha, which doesn't come from chai. It doesn't come from living animals. It comes from from the inanimate, or at least from tzemeach, which is more in that category. When you divide into two, it's not something which is as alive as a living thing, as an animal which moves, walks, comes, and so on. Comes and goes. Then the second phase, so to speak, the second part of their gift, of their inaugurative offering, were the various animals that come from chai, that come from the living. And they were visually transformed into the ultimate sense of life. They were visually transformed into Kedusha by the fire coming down and consuming it and bringing it up to Hashem. So all this, this whole idea that the Gashmias is able to transform and become ruchnius, meaning the inanimate, so to speak, the dead, the lifeless, is able to transform and become alive. This all began when? When did this really begin? This began at Matan Torah, when Hashem gave us the Torah. However, although it actually began at Matan Torah in the grandest sense, meaning in full scale, but already it began, its early, early, early steps began already with Avram Avinu when he got the mitzvah of bris milah. And of course, not only Avram, then Yitzchak and Yaakov and so on. Meaning already by them it began this concept, this idea of taking Gashmias, of taking something of the matter and transforming it into the spirit. 
or connecting it to the spirit and now in embedding into it kedusha and therefore quote making it alive and therefore now we already can begin to appreciate the order it begins with adam and noyach because we bring everything here is symbolic of what the mizbeach is doing what's happening over here what's happening over here is history is changing so we go to the beginning of history we go to adam we go to noyach and then we go to the kaf achas to the quote, the spoon, which represents the giving of the Torah, as Hashem gave us the Torah, and then we immediately go back to Avram, and then to Yosef, and so on, because that is connected to the giving of the Torah. Once we have the mention, the idea, the, the, the awareness of the Torah, of course we cannot ignore, we cannot look away from the fact that that already began in its early, early steps. In the You know, the, the, the most... Early stage, advanced, not advanced stage, but an early stage, it began already by Avram Avinu. And in advanced stage, it actually was fully implemented when Hashem gave us the Torah. And that's why the, 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 the order makes sense now. So that answers that question. However, you can still ask, the, the, if, you, if that's the case, how can this idea of a one spoon, we said that the spoon, the spoon is an inanimate thing. The gold, the spoon, sarazov. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's the ten gold. That the spoon is inanimate. So how does that serve as a remez for the Torah? So the answer is that's why Rashi emphasizes it's not the Torah and the Taryag mitzvahs as they are, but as quote as they were given from Hashem's hand, as they were given from Hashem's hand. What did Hashem give us? What was given from Hashem's hand? The Ten Commandments as they were on the Luchis, which actually the Luchis, the tablets, are inanimate. And as was soon better appreciated, in that stage, although it's the potential for all the Torah mitzvahs, but it's not yet alive in the sense that we are now, so to speak, celebrating as we celebrate the inauguration of the Mizbeach. And then he continues, Asada Zahav. What is the ten, uh, the weight of it, the ten gold shekel? What does that correspond to? The Aseres Adibrois. The Aseres Adibrois, the Ten Commandments. And then he continues, Meleach Toiris, the word Meleach Toiris, that is full of Toiris, that is the numerical value of Taryak, 613. Says the Rebbe, this is not referring to the Torah mitzvahs as we have it, once the, we have the Torah, and once we, the Jewish people, implement it and actually do something with it to transform the Gashmis, as is expressed now in the inauguration of the Mishkan, connecting the physical and the spiritual. Rather, this refers to as the Taryag mitzvahs, the 630 mitzvahs, as they are subliminally hinted to, they are hidden, in the Ten Commandments, which are written on the Luchas, which again, we say now is being merumas in this inanimate thing, because it's still not yet in an implementive state. Why? Because the way the Torah and Mitzvahs come from Hashem, this is only the potential, but they're not quote-unquote alive yet in the Gashmis. It's as if it's Doimim. They are holy. They're essentially holy. But they don't have, so to speak, that effect on the world. It only has the potential there. Only after it comes down into the world. And the Yid acts on it. And the Yid actually implements it. Then he takes the Doimim, whatever the Doimim is, whatever the matter of the world is, the physical matter, and transforms it into something holy. He now, quote, makes it alive. Now we can also understand why Rashi 
when he says the Elim, Atudim, and Kevosim, he says in the same Rashi, without making differentiation or distinction, he makes it as a one flowing Pirush. He says this corresponds to Koyanim Levim Yisraelim, which means the totality of the, of the Jewish people, and the Torah Nevim Suvim. See, because that's what the, that says, but that's the idea. The fact that the Torah, quote unquote, comes alive or makes the Gashmistic world, makes the matter transform to life, that's not essentially from itself, but rather only after it connects to the Jew and it is uh, implemented, it is, so to speak, acted on by the Jew. When the Koyanim Levim Yisraelim come together with the Torah Levim Suvim, now the Torah has that effect that is being merumas, that is being expressed, that is being hinted in, quote, the animals, meaning it's a, it's a live thing. And now it becomes alive. And now we can understand another point, another thing that Ashi says. After that, he goes on and he says, oh, this corresponds, the number's five. Why five rams and five he goats and five lions? Oh, five chumashim, the five sections of the Torah, and then the five commandments. Again, this is a continuation of this. Not like it was hinted before in the, in the phase where we're saying it was given from the hand of Hashem, where there's still doimim. Over there it's ten, it's ten, there's no real big distinction between the first five, the other five. But now, once we have the Torah as it connects to the Jew, as it's now in the phase where it's being implemented by the Jew, it is being effectively used to transform the world. Now you have an expression of Hamishachum Torah. It's a whole entire different concept. There's Now you have different commandments than before. You have a different Torah than before. What is that? You have five books. Each book has its own expression, with its own topics, its own theme. So there's already an expression here. There's a difference in one book and the other. And then you have the commandments that appear in the Seres Adibris, but they're not just one chunk. They're not just one unit. There's two sections here. You have the five Dibris that are on one side, which expresses the Mitzvah Sasei. And then you have the five Dibris on the other side, the five commandments, which are quote on the other side, which is the Loisa say the negative commandments, which again has a totally different expression. But this already only has this expression and this value only after, quote, the Torah connects to the Jew. But when the Torah was given from directly from Hashem's hand, it's Hasara, it's ten, it's all one thing, because it's all still in a doimim, you don't see the ex- life, and therefore you don't see the expression.